Part One, Chapter Five of Our Own Set by Ossip Shubin, translated by Clara Bell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Caroline. Part One, Chapter Five. A mine somewhere in Poland or Bohemia came to grief about this time by some accidental visitation, and five hundred families were left destitute through the disaster of course the opportunity was immediately seized upon for charitable dissipations for qualifying for orders of merit by liberal donations and for attracting the eyes of europe by the most extravagant display of philanthropy after much deliberation countess ilsenberg had arrived at the conviction that as both the ambassador's families were hindered by mourning from giving any public entertainment the duty of taking the lead devolved upon her the rooms in her palazzo were made on purpose for grand festivities and after endless discussion it was decided that the entertainment should be dramatic an operetta a proverb by musset and a series of tableaux vivants were finally put in rehearsal and a collection was to be made after the performance madame de gondry threw herself into the undertaking with the most commendable ardour she was on intimate terms with the leading spirits at the villa medici the french academy of arts at rome and she interested herself in the painting of the scenes and in the artistic designing of the dresses in which she proved invaluable up to a certain point all went smoothly the operetta an unpublished effort of course by a russian amateur of rank who was very proud of not even knowing his notes was soon cast it needed only three performers and led up to the introduction of an elaborate masquerade and of certain suggestive french songs mrs ferguson who never let slip an opportunity of powdering her hair and sticking on patches was to sing the soprano part Crespigny took that of a husband or a guardian in a nightcap or a flowered dressing-gown, and a young French painter, Monsieur Barriat, who was at all times equally ready to sketch or to wear a becoming costume, was to fill that of the lover. The cast of the little French play was equally satisfactory, but when the arrangement of the tableau came to be considered, difficulties arose. In the first place, all the ladies were eager to display their charms under the becoming light of a tableau vivant and the number of volunteers was quite bewildering to the committee of management that met every day at the ilsenberg's house then squabbles and dissatisfaction arose the ladies did not approve of the choice of subjects they thought their dresses unbecoming their positions disadvantageous each one to whom a place at the side was assigned was deeply aggrieved an unappreciated beauty who prided herself on her profile from the left would not for worlds be seen from the right etc etc and above all an insuperable difficulty almost all the available men of the set manifested the greatest objection to making themselves ridiculous and positively rejected the most flattering blandishments of the ladies committee sempaly who had been asked to appear as a roman emperor would not hear of putting on flesh-coloured tights and a wreath of vine 
and Trein had shrugged his shoulders at the proposal that he should don a wig with long curls. Siegburg, little Siegburg as he was always called, though he was nearly six feet high, after defending himself with considerable humour, good-naturedly agreed to stand as Pierrot in a Watteau scene in which the Volpini children were to appear, and Sterzl, being personally requested by his ambassador, submitted, though with an ill grace, to be the executioner in Delaroche's picture of Lady Jane Grey. This tableau was to be the crowning glory of the performance. Baria had taken infinitely more pains with it than with any other, the part of lady jane was to be filled by a fair english girl lady henrietta stair and then within a few days of the performance lady henrietta fell ill of the measles the committee were in despair when this news reached them and all who were concerned in the performance were summoned to meet at the palazzo that evening to talk the matter over hardly any one was absent only sterzl who detested the whole charity scramble as he called it sent his excuses every lady present expected to find herself called upon to stand or rather to kneel as lady jane grey but mrs ferguson was the first to give utterance to the thought and to offer herself heroically as lady henrietta's substitute to the astonishment of all the company Saint-Pali, whose interest in the work of benevolence had hitherto displayed itself only in satirical remarks and suggestions as to the representation of Macau's entrance of Charles V, or of Simiratsky's living torches, took an eager part in the discussion. "'Your self-sacrifice, Mrs. Ferguson,' said he, "'is more admirable every day.' "'Dear me,' replied the lady innocently, where is the self-sacrifice in having an old gown cut up into a historical costume that indeed would be no sacrifice said sempali coolly but it must be a sacrifice for a lady to appear in a part that suits her so remarkably ill mrs ferguson smiled rather like some pretty little wild beast showing its teeth ah she said i suppose you think i have none of that pathetic grace that monsieur barillat is so fond of talking about no more than of saving grace said sempali solemnly then while the women were disputing over the matter he found an opportunity of whispering a few words to barillat barillat looked up delighted at this moment they were joined by countess ilsenberg i have another suggestion to offer madame la comtesse i have thought of some one some newly imported american laughed madame de gondry or a painter's model with studied grace and yellow hair you may rest assured that i should not for an instant think of proposing to employ a model barillat emphatically declared no the lady in question is a very charming person fräulein sterzl i saw her the day before yesterday at lady julia ellis's she is an austrian you must know her surely i have not that pleasure said the countess dryly you do not think she will do murmured the artist abashed the countess cleared her throat bless me cried madame de gondry furious at the pride of her austrian friend 
you take the matter really too much in earnest why on earth should not the girl act with us on these occasions in vienna as i have been informed even actors are invited to help that is quite different said the countess madame de gondry shrugged her shoulders and turned away and the countess beckoned to her cousin Saint-Pally. i am heartily sick of the whole business she exclaimed at home i have got this sort of thing up a score of times and everything has gone well while here yes there is more method among us replied Sempali sympathetically the people here are so unmanageable every one wants to play the best parts said the countess that is the result of the republican element observed Sempali. and now there is all this difficulty about the lady jane grey tableau sighed the countess why need that english girl take the measles now just when she is wanted the english are always so inconsiderate said Sempali gravely do you happen to have met this little sterzel girl yes what does she look like oh well she looks like a very pretty girl and besides that besides that she looks very much like our own girls it is really a most extraordinary freak of nature she seems to be very presentable on further acquaintance princess vulpini is quite in love with her indeed well baria is possessed with the idea of having her to play the part of lady jane grey and in heaven's name let him have his own way cried the countess if marie vulpini will bring her here i will make the best of it what you mean to say that you will let her figure in your tableau and not invite her mother laughed Sempali. invite her to the performance of course i invite tom dick and harry and all the english parsons and all the foreign artists and all their families fritzi you are an admirable woman retorted Sempali ironically but the rehearsals are so perfectly intimate she murmured time pressed however well have it so for all i care said the countess resignedly and the next morning she paid a polite call on the baroness sterzel to request zinka's assistance and as she had as much tact as pride she had soon reconciled not only zinka but her sensitive thin-skinned brother to the fact that the young girl had only been asked at the last moment and under the pressure of necessity to take part in the performance cecil did not altogether like the idea of displaying his pretty sister in a tableau and only consented because he did not like to deprive zinka of the pleasure which she looked forward to with great delight he adored the child and could refuse her nothing the evening of the festival arrived the performances took place in a vast room almost lined with mirrors and lighted by wonderful venetian chandeliers that hung from the decorated ceiling where frescoes were framed in tasteless gilt scroll work in spite of its size the room was crowded the most illustrious of the company sat in solitary dignity in the front row and behind them was packed a fashionable but somewhat mixed crowd manly forms of consummate elegance were squeezed against the walls and the assembly sparkled like a sea of sheeny silks and glittering jewels princess vulpini who was helping the countess to do the honours 
hovered on the margin graceful and kindly but a little pale and tired and the countess herself reigned supreme in that regal dignity which she could so becomingly assume on fitting occasions there were very few women who could wear a diamond coronet with such a good grace as fritzi ilsenberg even her intractable cousin sempaly did her that much justice the great success of the evening was not the little french play in which madame de gondry and the all-accomplished barriat made and parried their hits after the accepted methods of the théâtre francais it was not the operetta in which mrs ferguson looked bewitchingly pretty and sang le sentine convert to admiration it was not even the children's tableau in which the little vulpinis looked like a bunch of freshly gathered roses the great success of the evening was the tableau of lady jane grey sterzl's face in this scene was a perfect tragedy all the misery of an executioner who adores his victim was legible there and zinka gazing up to heaven with ecstatic pathos her whole attitude expressive of sacred resignation and childlike awe she was the very embodiment of the hapless and innocent being before whom the executioner lowers his gaze a string quartet played the allegretto from beethoven's seventh symphony and the melancholy music heightened the effect of the poetical tableau thrilling the audience like a lullaby sung by angels to soothe the struggling suffering human soul the whole artistic corps who had been invited from the villa medici with the director at their head unanimously decided that this performance far excelled all that had gone before and countess ilsenberg forgot in its success all the annoyance it had occasioned her after the collection which produced a magnificent sum most of the company dispersed ilsenberg with his most feudal smile expressed his thanks to all the performance in turn and presented elegant bouquets to the ladies the entertainment lost its formal character and became a social gathering zinka was sitting in a side-room surrounded by a host of young romans and frenchmen as she was one of those rare natures who derive not the smallest satisfaction from the homage of men for whom they have no regard she listened to their enthusiastic compliments with absolute indifference she had asked for an ice and norina had offered it to her on his knees remaining in that position to pour out a string of high-flown compliments zinka unaccustomed to this southern effusiveness was remonstrating with some annoyance but without the slightest effect when sempaly came in and exclaimed in the abrupt tone he commonly used to younger men get up norina do you not see that your devotion is not appreciated the prince rose with a scowl sempaly drew a seat to zinka's side and in five minutes had as usual entirely monopolized her my cousin the countess owes everything to you he said in his most musical tones you saved the whole thing i detest all amateur performances but that tableau of lady jane grey was really beautiful 
i liked the french play very much madame de gondry's acting was full of spirit bah i have had more than enough of such spirit indeed laughed she it seems to me that you are suffering from general weariness of life you are blasé what do you understand by being blasé he asked why that exhaustion of heart and soul which comes of the fatigue produced by a life of perpetual enjoyment it is i believe an essential element in the character of a man of fashion something between a malady and an affectation remarked sempaly just so in short to be blasé is the heart-sickness of a fop sempaly glanced at her keenly your definition is admirable he said i will make a note of it but the cap does not fit me i am not blasé i am not indifferent to anything shams hypocrisy and meretriciousness irritate me but when i meet with anything really good or lovely or genuine i can recognize it and admire it more perhaps than most men meanwhile the winner of the musical prize from the villa medici had sat down to the piano and plunged straight away out of a maundering improvisation into a waltz by strauss the countess had no objection if they liked to dance and several couples were soon spinning under the flaring candles sempaly rose may i have the honour he said to zinka and they went together into the dancing-room zinka had the pretty peculiarity of turning pale rather than red as she danced her movements were not so sprightly but gliding and dreamy in fact she waltzed with uncommon grace sempaly had long since lost the subaltern's delight in a dance he only asked ladies who had some special interest or charm for him and every one knew it ha huh, said siegburg shaking his head as he went up to general von klinger who was watching the graceful couple from a recess my little game has come to nothing it seems to me have you retired then asked the general by no means quite the contrary but my chances are small enough at present i fancy what do you say he looked straight into the old man's eyes he understood and said nothing she dances beautifully i never saw a girl dance better how well she holds her head he murmured suddenly a flash of amusement lighted up his eyes look at fritzi's face he exclaimed what a horrified expression a perfect niobe End of chapter five